1: Today, we answer your questions. Remember, if you have a question, just email us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, if you have a question for any of the co-hosts, send it to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. But before we begin, we have some uh, news and announcements. Something really exciting just happened recently, recording this on December 18th, 2018, First of all, uh, I looked at the Facebook page, and they finally announced it. ExpressJet Airlines uh, announced to their team that they're being acquired by Mana Air LLC, and they're adding uh, new the Embraer 175 SCs to their fleet. Uh, first of all, uh, the question usually comes up. You know what is the 135 SC? It's it's a special configuration of the one. Uh, excuse me, one thirty, one seventy five SC. It's a special configuration uh, with the seating of about seventy. Uh, really cool stuff out there to look at. Uh, one of the ways you can look at that. I have a link to an article at Flight Global about the actual aircraft, and it shows you a little bit about it. Typically, that 175 is seated for 76 seats. This is for 70 seats. Again, 175SC, special configuration. But getting back to the actually more important news, of course, is the fact that They're being acquired by Mana Air and adding new 175. So some really good news for ExpressJet Airlines. I'm very excited for ExpressJet. And of course, as many of you know, that's uh, my former airline. And I really love the people, love the the, uh, actual work environment great contract that they have, great work rules. Uh, it's just like working for uh, a Legacy Airlines a lot of times with, uh, with actual the work rules as far as that's concerned. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, many people move on just for the the pay and benefits, but uh, just a wonderful place to work. And some people stay for their careers. You can make a really good career out of ExpressJet or many of the other uh, regional airlines so go check that out great news for you ExpressJet. jet uh, we're going to try to get them back on the show if you want to hear a little bit more about them we've had a couple of interviews with some of the people at express jet airlines go back and check those out i am trying to get them back on the show to talk a little bit about their future also don't forget the aerospace scholarships guide now until december 25th 2018 so you have a little bit of time uh, you can actually get 25% off by typing in this coupon code. Uh, we're going to do this every year. It's called Merry Christmas, all one word, Merry Christmas at checkout. It'll give you 25% off the Aerospace Scholarships Guide. Uh, do me a favor try to check out our Facebook page and Twitter, but primarily Facebook page. We're going to keep announcing uh, some of these little coupons for certain uh, items that are off, especially with the Scholarships Guide and some of the career coaching at time, At times, we'll do that. Uh, you can find that at aviationcareerspodcastcom slash scholarships. Uh, click on the scholarships tab, and you can find it. Also, a great way to find all of our courses. And remember, we set up the scholarships guide more as a course because we want to teach you how uh, to get scholarships, etc. So we're actually going to be adding a couple more videos there. Uh, we have a couple up there right now describing how to go about searching for the scholarships. And as we make more progress and add new things to the scholarships guide, we're going to put more out there. But to find that, it's aviationcareerspodcast.com slash courses. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff out there, career coaching and other technical interview course online, so check that out. So let's get started with the show. We're going to, like I said, we're taking your questions, and it's right near the holiday season. So it's uh, interesting how around this time people ask about flying during the holidays. I was uh, actually bringing my car to get service. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, the life of an airline pilot. I, I talked to the lady behind the counter, and she says, Oh, what are you doing for Christmas? Are you ready? I said, Well, actually, I'm not really ready because I don't really have to prepare because I'm working Christmas and New Year's. She goes, oh, wow. I said, well, in my industry, that's fairly normal. Uh, Many of us work on Christmas and New Year's. So just something to think about if you're thinking about this career is that, yeah, you could wind up working uh, during the holidays. I like to work on the weekends. I also uh, like having most of my weekdays off, and I don't mind working on the holidays because I get usually double pay, especially if it's a, a time, for instance, I'll give you an example. I have, uh, for this year, I have Christmas Eve off the whole day. The day before I finish a trip, so I'm working four days, I have Christmas Eve off and then working 4 days again and I have 1 day off and working 4 days again. I know that sounds like a tough schedule but I do that on purpose because I take at least, you know, 10 days off in a row usually at the beginning of the month. I just do that. Uh, most people, you know, wouldn't do something like that. They have a little more time off. But getting back to my scenario. So, the day before Christmas Eve, I finish at about say 10:30 in the morning. So I'm home around say noonish, I drive. And then I have that whole day off. I have Christmas Eve, the whole day off, and that's when our family's going to have our Christmas dinner. And then I don't start until noon or one o'clock, I think, on Christmas day. So in reality, I have a little more time off because I live in base. Now, if I didn't live in base, you're right, I wouldn't be able to get home for Christmas or I'd come home for just a few hours and I've done that before. So that is the beauty about living in base. That's one of the advantages. Uh, But then I go back to work and of course work four on, then one off, and then four on, then one off. I'm spending my Christmas, Uh, And I think I'm spending it in Syracuse. And I uh, think I'm spending actually New Year's in Syracuse also. Wow. So I'm going to be up in the cold uh, north in Syracuse for both the holidays. So if any listeners are are interested in getting together after the holidays or during the Christmas or New Year's, just let me know. But that's kind of an inside uh, baseball there. What happens during the holidays? Uh, Another thing that's kind of cool with the airlines, every airline I've worked for. They've all done the same as during the Christmas season, they'll come out uh, because, you know, we all are are here together and we're all in this industry and realize that, yeah, we have to work on the holidays. So a lot of times they'll do like dinners and things like that. Flight attendants, I've noticed uh, in the past uh, as far as being very helpful to the, the flight crew, they'll... A lot of times bring us cookies and stuff like that. That doesn't help me, by the way. I'm supposed to be losing weight, but but we do really appreciate it. But it's a very festive environment. It's really cool. Oh, the other cool thing that you get to do is you get to kind of uh, wear some holiday attire or a holiday tie, and that's kind of fun too. So... So as far as working on the holiday, it becomes a very happy and festive event. Um, it's tough being away from family. Uh, as the kids get out of the house, you get older, it's not, not quite as bad. Uh, we kind of make our holidays at, at different times. So anyway, so that's one of the things that I'm actually pretty excited to, to work this Christmas uh, with the people that I'm flying with Uh, because I know them, and I've had some Christmas and Thanksgiving and holiday stories in the past, like I've said here. Some of my favorite memories of my past 10, 20 years have been working on those holidays and the friendships you make forever, uh, because you spend that holiday together, and they become your family. The airline uh, workers become your family, but... Anyway, if I don't uh, get a chance, uh, Merry Christmas and also Happy New Year. If you're uh, listening to this after the New Year, I hope you had a wonderful time. So, another thing that I wanted to talk about—this isn't one of the um, answer, or one of the questions written into me—but I really wanted, to kind of, uh, this brought my attention. It uh, was brought to my attention the other day, and. We don't talk a lot about airport operations, although it's an incredibly important job, and we have many different people, especially at the, um, at the school uh, and at uh, Polk State College that have graduated, gone on to careers in aviation management. Remember, flying is just one part of this whole aviation career. One of the cool things about working in airport operations is you get to actually work with some very special people Individuals and at times, animals. Yeah, that's right. Animals. They amazingly enough, many of the airport operations folks sometimes they they you know contract this out, but they get to get to interact and work with the the dogs that are out there. A lot of times, and you've heard me talk about this in the past. Uh, the Border Collie Rescue is a long time ago that I, I talked about this, and I constantly am talking about it because I think it's one of the neatest programs. Border Collies, very unique, unique animals, very unique dogs, and one of the dogs I've always wanted to have as a pet. I still haven't got one yet, but uh, if I do, I definitely will go through the rescue. But this story came up a while ago, and I never got a chance to add it to the podcast. I think it's incredibly important, both from a career standpoint and from a standpoint of you know, kind of passing it forward to our our four-legged friends, there is a Border Collie who was really special at, uh, it's called the Traverse City, Michigan Airport, and uh, Piper is the Border Collie's name, and he is the airport canine there at Traverse City, or should I say he was, and uh, he passed actually in uh, January. What a wonderful story about this, about Piper the airport canine and the importance there's two things number one the the individual the dog and all the people that worked with him the lives that this animal changed and also it's a story about you know what we can do to mitigate the threat of of birds at the airport uh, really, really important. But some people are like, well, what is it that an airport canine does and how do I get involved with uh, the airport canines or or some of the other mitigation? But more importantly this, uh, I would really highly recommend you go to a website. It's called airportcanine.org and that's airport K, the letter k, the number nine.org. There's a link in the show notes, so don't worry about it. You don't have to remember. Uh, this is episode 203. But here's what's kind of interesting. They, there's a lot of, a lot of really roles that uh, Piper actually played and many of the other airport canines play. And one of them, of course, is in mitigation of the wildlife is a specific targeted response to this wildlife. And um, what that means is as they're actually out there looking, operations or other aircraft, uh, people that are flying in, they there's a threat, a wildlife uh, in an area. They can actually go out there and tell the dog to go and hey, get get rid of those dogs or get rid of those uh, excuse me birds, and the dog will go out there. In this case, Piper and chase them away. And I think that's uh, a great way for those of us that don't want to see the animals uh, destroyed. Uh, this is a great way to mitigate that threat. Threat. Also, one of the things that the the dog will do too, and this is kind of interesting. Is uh, patrolling the grounds and detecting other animals and small mammals and even rodents that type of thing. And what that does is, it when you mitigate the actual uh, threat of the rodents and also of the small mammals and you remove them from the premises, it detracts from some of the larger animals that may wind up, you know, having an incident with an aircraft. So by detecting those and going around and patrolling for those other smaller animals and rodents, mammals, etc., and removing them, it can actually, uh, you know, maybe at some point, and has been proven, that it will mitigate the threat of a wildlife encounter with an aircraft, whether it's a flying animal or an animal on the ground. So that's a really important role too. Another thing that uh, these, like the border, Collies. I love using that term because that's kind of what they're doing. is is a a border Border patrol or perimeter checks. Uh, It also will go around the perimeter of an airport and will detect and bring to the attention to operations the possibility of any breaches within, say, the airport and the fence, etc. So that's really, really important for them to do that because then they can mitigate the threat of any wildlife uh, entering. Uh, the aircraft and in, in the approach or the departure into the runway. Um, the other really important role, I think, and uh, the one that I really enjoy, especially for you know, anybody who's own uh, animal or has uh, pets like I do, is it's a really morale boost. You know, it uh, the airport uh, animal, the the dog in this case, Piper the canine, that truly is an ambassador and to the airport and really does boost my morale and the morale of all those others. It really keeps us, you know, happy and smiling when we see such an animal out there. And most of the animals that I've seen in this case, I never got a chance to meet Piper, the canine, but all the other ones I got a chance to meet, they truly did add to that morale and to the the sense of community there at the airport. It made you feel at home. It really did. And here you are, and there's uh, it's almost like a pet that's out there, although they do have a very, very important role. What I'm going to do is I really recommend you, I'm going to put some links to the videos at the bottom of this and take a look at some of the things that. Uh, Piper, the airport canine has done some some really amazing videos, really cool C-17 takeoff with the, with the Piper running by, Piper sitting there while one of the blue angels is taking off or, or actually one of the search and rescue helicopters from over at uh, the, uh, I think it was Border Patrol or actually, uh, it was actually Coast Guard, excuse me, the Coast Guard was out there. So really neat stuff. I'd really be excited for you to go out there and take a look. Uh, one of the things I want to stress, this is the holiday season. So another reason I'm talking about this is the fact that you know in that giving spirit, maybe think about uh, looking at the Border Collie Rescue, or any of the other animal rescues out there. Border Collie Rescue uh, has a really profound impact on us as aviators, so uh, just a really neat thing to stress. So check out those videos, by the way, they're really cool. If you're not into animals, are really cool as far as airplanes are concerned. Traverse City Municipal, uh, excuse me, Cherry Capital Airport. I'm sorry, Cherry Capital Airport in Traverse City, Michigan, is uh, has done a really great job in promoting that and also in, uh, you know, looking at and making a video that is a true tribute an awesome tribute to, uh, to this canine. So enough of the animals, but one of the things I want to stress is that there's so many jobs in airport operations that in that video, you can see some of those. Uh, so really cool stuff. Again, we're going to have some more people on that do, uh, airport operations holiday season, by the way. So the good thing is I can start uh, working on more on getting your questions answered. Uh, But that was uh, brought to my attention. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful story. Anyway, I have uh, one email that I'm probably going to go over today. And uh, I was going to say it might be a shorter uh, episode. I may have time for a second one out here. We'll see. But uh, this email has a lot in there and some really good, interesting questions and a great story. So I really want to stress this one. And uh, so let's get started with that email. Here it is. This starts with, I'm a long time listener, first time writing in. First off, I just want to thank you so very much for all the hard work that you've put in over the years for the people like me. I know it's a labor of love, so to speak, but it's a labor nonetheless, and I thoroughly appreciate all the time and effort you've given. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate that. That's kind of what keeps me going, is, is seeing that people appreciate it and that we're actually helping people move forward in their careers. He continues. So let's rewind to 2016. I was 27 years old and working as a mechanical engineer in an industry unrelated to aviation. I enjoyed mechanical engineering in general, but as I progressed in my career, I spent less time in the field and more time at a desk. I realized that the higher up the ladder I would advance in my industry, the more I will be bound to a desk chipping away at a keyboard. The idea of working a desk job for 40 years with only three to six weeks of vacation time per year was not appealing to me. I realized that I was truly happy in my career and I began, or truly unhappy (laughs) in my career and began exploring alternative careers. My love for machines, mechanics, and physics is what drove me to study mechanical engineering in college. I've always been infatuated with earth, space, the atmosphere, and traveling since I was a kid, but did not really have much exposure to aviation until I took a discovery flight at a local county festival, where I realized that aviation combines so many of my interests into one incredibly enjoyable and gratifying activity. I discovered your podcast later in 2016, and it absolutely changed my life. Prior to discovering your podcast, I thought that being an airline pilot was one of those highly specialized, unattainable careers that were reserved for retired military pilots or people who went to school specifically to become airline pilots. I had never had any interactions with actual airline pilots and any more than taking a peek into the cockpit while boarding commercial flights. Aviation Careers podcast has allowed me to see that airline pilots are real people and the career is attainable to most people who put in the time, money, and hard work. It was then in 2016 that I decided to pursue a career as an airline pilot. Let me just stop there and say wow what an incredible statement it is it's true that these are just real people like you and me and it's attainable and that's why this this is the reason we do this podcast is you know i'm an airline pilot i have friends that are airline pilots and do other jobs in aviation and you can do that too and and that's the most important thing that I think you said in this email right now and thanks for that and thanks for inspiring so many other people by saying that but let's fast forward he says to two years later to 2018 I'm still working as a mechanical engineer but I'm currently a commercially rated single engine pilot with my commercial multi add-on and flight instructor ratings right around the corner by the way congratulations on all that that's awesome that you've done that and move forward in your career he continues, for the past two years, I've been working full-time during the week- uh, excuse me weekdays while studying and flight training after work and on the weekends. I've been able to pay for all my ratings thus far in cash by getting myself on a super tight budget and using surplus income for my job to pay for instructional flights. I shopped around at local FBOs and was able to pair up with a couple of top-notch instructors, not to mention at a bargain price compared to the big box flight schools. I also joined a local flight club, rented a 172, and took the trip of a lifetime. I flew coast to coast and back in order to build my hours between instrument and commercial. Anyway, I'm planning on retiring from engineering later this year and becoming a full-time flight instructor to build my flight experience to become eligible for a regional airline. My end goal will be to fly for a major passenger-carrying airline. Well, that is awesome. Again, let's back up and look what you did. You joined a flight club. And and by the way, those flight clubs are great opportunities for flight instructors. I myself have joined flight clubs in the past, not because I wanted to flight instruct, but because I really wanted to interact with all the other people in the club and fly. Every time I've joined a flight club, it's actually made me money. I've not only just paid for my membership, but it's also made money me money as far as flight instructing. So it's a really good avenue to go uh, to actually make some extra cash as a flight instructor. So anyway, he continues. He says, "I've heard so many times to be competitive at the majors, you need really need a four-year degree. It doesn't really matter what it's in, you just need a degree." And that is very true. Well, I have a bachelor of science in mechanical engineering. My dilemma I was far from the best student while in college. I went to college directly from high school, and I never really got a taste of the real world prior to it while attending the college. I still had a lot of maturing left to do and life experience to acquire. I had poor study habits, skewed priorities, and I was really just there to have a good time while getting a degree. Achieving good grades was a backburner priority. Boy, do I regret this. My final GPA in college ended up being a 2.4. My maturity level, study habits, work ethic, and focus was significantly changed over the years since leaving college. If I could go back and do it all again, I would do it in a heartbeat and would do it quite differently than I did the first time around. Unfortunately, I think that my college GPA is going to haunt me forever. My question is this. How much weight do the major airlines put on a candidate's GPA while in college? I've never put my GPA on my resume because I believe that a resume should contain achievements you're proud of, and I'm not proud of my 2.4 GPA. What are some of the things I can do to get major airlines to look past how my, low my GPA is? Well, first of all, I wouldn't worry about it. I just put down that you have a four-year degree. Uh, that degree is, uh, especially it's in another field that actually can be an advantageous. It gives us something else to talk about during your interview at the airline. So I would not worry about that as far as your GPA is concerned. Very rarely, especially since you're very far away. There's a lot of distance between you and your degree. A lot of time has gone between. And you have changed. You're a different person. It's like people that have on their record, say, an arrest or something like that that happened a long time ago. You've changed. You've become a different person. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. And anyway, he continues, So far, I've not failed any check rides and do not anticipate failing any in the future. Knock on wood. I think that this, in addition to having a high pass rate for my students when I become an instructor, is important. However, I really think I will need to do something to supersede my academic record. I'm considering pursuing a master's degree. So I'm just going to stop there for a second. And talk about this, and, and he also goes on and says he's also considering a second bachelor's degree from an online institution. I would say no. Uh, I would not even uh, consider, uh, you know, doing that. Maybe get a master's. Yes, that's that's not a bad idea. But do it because you want to, uh, not because you feel like this is hurting your resume in some way. You have the degree. I wouldn't worry so much about the actual GPA. So uh, let's go beyond that and move forward. And he does in this. Another alternative that I would consider that does not involve overshadowing my low GPA with a new GPA would be going to a regional that has a flow-through program to a major airline. Ah, now comes the discussion. I'd like to eventually live in the western half of the country, and the regional airlines have my sights set on our SkyWest, Compass, and Horizon, none of which have a true flow-through to the major. However, if it would improve my odds of getting in with a major airline, I wouldn't hesitate to work for a regional with a flow-through program, no matter where they're located. I've heard some mixed opinions on regionals with flow-through programs. Some say it is a guaranteed path to a major airline. Some say that it actually slows your progress down by making you wait in line, quote-unquote, and that major airline can throttle back flows at any time. Some say you can get your major airline of choice faster by flying for a non-affiliated regional airline and apply to that major airline as an outsider. What are your thoughts here? Any and all advice is thoroughly appreciated. Well, first of all, all those statements are correct. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) So, yes, it's true. Uh, There are times that flow-throughs, whatever you want to call these things uh, that they have out there, it's flow-throughs, you know, gateway programs, pathway programs, etc. Some can make you wait in line longer to get to the major that you want. Others actually make it quicker for you to get to the major. Some of them, and this is another subtle uh, thing, and I don't think you mentioned this here, is that even though there might be like a a path program, etc. involved, you may not actually be eligible for that program when you get there because uh, what happens is not all of these flow programs are guaranteed. The Look at the airline. I worked for Continental Airlines, Continental Express, to be specific. And we had a guaranteed flow to Continental Airlines. As a matter of fact, our paychecks came from Continental. There was no difference like there is now. It's all the same airline. You just kind of flicked a switch and you moved over. I had a seniority number. Funny thing is, I'm not there. (laughs) And uh, and I didn't flow through because they got rid of the flow-through program, talking towards what you just said here. Yes, they are correct. The majors can throttle the flow-throughs and can change that program. And and that can happen, and it you know, normally does, during a downturn in the economy. So it, here's here's the point. There are no guarantees in life, no matter what. You, you just work with what you have right now and move forward in that direction. But I see what you're saying, though, and the gist is you want to work out west and If that airline that you work for is gonna make you happy, I'd I'd look more towards that and it's gonna enable you to upgrade quicker so you can make more money and move on and get more pilot and command time. I would look at that more than just the flow-through program. I know there's a lot of people that have actually gone through these programs and the flows and said, oh, this was great from point A to point B. It only took me two to three years, and that works well. But there's many other stories of people that didn't make it. Going back to what I said about some of those pathway programs, during the whole process, you're gonna actually have to apply and you're gonna to have to actually make sure that you make yourself competitive still for those programs, for those flow programs. So in reality, you may not be able to make it to that airline of your choice and it really gets some people down. Here they went to work for an airline thinking there was a flow program. That flow program had certain requirements within it and the requirements within it, say, were a test, an interview, whatever it may be. And during that test or interview, they're not selected. And they don't get to the major that they want to go to. And that happens every so often. So as far as the flow, yes, it's a benefit. It's great. Uh, don't make it a 100% of your decision going to an airline. Sounds like you want to go to a certain airline. Choose your airline based on on the region. Now, remember, when the economy goes south... Uh, and it will someday in the next 10 to 20 years. That's my prediction. Uh, and <laughs> that's a pretty wide prediction, isn't it? But it actually, it's going to happen. And, you know, you'd rather be stuck somewhere you're happy than somewhere uh, that you went that you're not really happy but had the flow program. So uh, my advice is to really do some introspection and discover why you're going to that regional airline. If it's an airline that you don't like at all and you're going to be miserable at, I would much rather you go to an airline that you do enjoy and that you'll actually want to work for in case there is a downturn. By the way, one advantage to going to an airline you really don't like is is that you're going to want to get out of there quicker, and you're going to want to apply a lot sooner for the major airlines, so there's a bonus right there, I'm just saying, so uh, so just don't down you know some people downplay some of the uh less desirable regionals that are out there, but don't ever downplay that because it it really motivates you to move on in your career, so there's a positive to that right there. So anyway, I really appreciate all these questions, and it was a great, uh, I know that was really long, but you had some really good points and some great questions, and I love the fact that you've realized that, yeah, I mean, pilots are just people just like you. I mean, there's people that think they couldn't become a mechanical engineer, and mechanical engineers are people just like you. It just takes time, effort, education, and, and you'll get there. I'd love to hear about your progress, and I, I really appreciate it. Anyway, he continues, please keep up the great work, Carl, and I can't get enough of the podcast. Keep them coming. I, it has truly changed my course in life for the better. And I know there are many others out there like me who have helped progress in their career goals. Thank you so much for all you do. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing this story. And, and by the way, uh, if you want to share your story just like this person has done, I've cut out some of the things that kind of personalize him, his name, et cetera. Uh, if you want to do that, I'd love to hear your story. Uh, we will take out all that information like your name, et cetera. Because this right here, what you just did by writing in has helped other people hearing your story and also by my giving a little bit of advice towards that whole story. So I think this this is a really important thing for people to do and don't worry if it's a super long question, we might make a whole entire episode or at least half an episode just on that right there. Well gosh, I really appreciate that. And don't forget um, at the bottom of this podcast, if you know someone you'd like to see be a guest on this show or say you know a recruiter That you think would be a a good guest on the show, go ahead and send them a a link at the bottom. It's How to Be a Guest on Aviation Careers Podcast. It tells you all about how to be a guest. It's a short video, five minutes, and what equipment you'll need, et cetera, and how to schedule an appointment. Send that to your friends. Uh, Send it to the people that you think would be a good person to talk to, not just recruiters, but also people in this career that would actually open your eyes and help you discover other careers in aviation besides just flying airplanes. I mean, there's so much out there. Uh, operations, just like I said, working with some of these animals in the canines. Also, do me a favor, click on that link at Traverse City Airport, the airport canine. Really great tribute to Piper, the airport canine, and the important role that those people and those animals make in, in, the, in the community, in the aviation community. There's such an important role they have. Uh, in our community as far as mitigation, also airport ambassadors and making our life happier. And that's so important too. Well, folks, I really appreciate your your listening today. And and I hope that you have a a great holiday season or had a great holiday season if this is the end of that. Don't forget uh, until December 25th, uh, 2018, if you type in Merry Christmas when you check out for the Aerospace Scholarships Guide, you will get uh, that 25% off. We'll have a lot, a lot of other sales coming up. People kind of like those and look forward to them. Check our Facebook page because we're going to be placing those uh, sales there. Uh, but you know, really importantly, and what this person has done in this email and what most of these other people that write in have done is they've shown you that by just taking one step today, to move forward in their career, they were able to actually make a whole new change in their career, not over one day, not over two, but sometimes over one or two years. But if you don't take that step today to move forward in your career, you're never gonna go in that direction and you're gonna probably have some regrets. So do something today, do something for me right now to move forward in your career. We'll talk to you next episode and stay flying.